You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Early Night Show live from the Broadway Makers Marketplace in Turnstile Underground in the heart of New York City. Woo! I'm Joshua Turchin and thank you all so, so much for coming here today. Something I find really interesting is how lyrics are used within songs to tell stories. From Howard Ashman to Billy Joel, lyricists always find new ways of surprising me with simplistic yet creative lyrics. For example, recently I learned a song Billy Joel wrote called She's Always a Woman. While I had heard the song a bit previously, I had finally gotten the chance to read the lyrics up close when learning it, and I realized how creative they were. Each line seemingly blended into the next through rhyme while still progressing the entire story of the song. On today's Early Night Show episode, I'm going to play that song for you. This is She's Always a Woman. a smile she can wound with her eyes she can ruin your faith with her casual eyes and she only reveals what she wants you to see she hides like a child but she is always a woman to me she can lead you to love she can take you or leave you she can ask for the truth, but she'll never believe you And she'll take what you give her, as long as it's free Yeah, she steals like a thief, but she's always a woman to me Oh, she takes care of herself she can wait if she wants She's ahead of her time Oh, and she never gives out And she never gives in She just changes her mind And she'll promise you more than the Garden of Eden Then she'll carelessly cut you and laugh while you're bleeding But she'll bring out the best and the worst you can be Blame it all on yourself cause she's always a woman to me 
takes care of herself She can wait if she wants She's ahead of her time Oh, and she never gives out And she never gives in She just changes her mind She's frequently kind, then suddenly cool she can do as she pleases, she's nobody's fool She can't be convicted, she's earned her degree And most of she will do is throw shadows at you But she is always a woman to me For the past 28 years, Rockers on Broadway has been the original Broadway rock concert in New York City. Here's a clip about it. That the world um, could just be one big theater because it's the place where I feel like we most come to understand and appreciate all of our similarities and most importantly, all of our differences. Today, my guest is Broadway legend and multi-hyphenate, Donnie Kerr. Hey! <laughs> hey, Donnie. Hi, nice to see you, Josh. Nice to see you too, how are you? I'm good, thank you for having me. Of course, thank you so, so I much I love your here. show, it's terrific. Thank yeah, you. I love all of the shows that you've been in. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. You are absolutely incredible. In them. Well, thank you very much. Um, wait, what shows have you been in? Oh, what shows have I been in? Let's see. Should I start from early, or should I go start from most recent? Go back from there. What do you think? I would say most recent. Most recent. All right, most recent. I was uh, in the original Broadway cast of Jersey Boys, and I also did the film for Clint Eastwood. Um, and then before that, I was in Billy Elliot on Broadway. And then, uh, let's see, then there's the Who's Tommy, uh, the Human Comedy, um, Aida, actually, and uh, the Mystery of Edwin Drood, um, and all original casts. And you've been in seven Broadway shows? Yes, well, six and a half, six I'll and say. Six and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what was your favorite show to perform in? Oh, wow. If you had to choose one. I would say probably the Who's Tommy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you worked with Pete Townsend. Yes, that's it, right. Right. Yes. What was working with him like? Oh, my gosh. It was it was pretty great. Um, you know, I, I remember we were rehearsing and uh, I, when I got the show, I, I got the show. I was told that I was going to be singing Pinball Wizard, which was my favorite song from the show. So, of course, I was like, excellent. So I sang that. I did that. And, and then uh, we were going to move to Broadway. And um, I just, they said, do you want to go to Broadway? And I said, yeah, only if I get to sing Pinball Wizard. And they said, yes, of course. And so uh, 
that was great. And then I got to record the album. Wow. with, uh, And the guy who produced the album of Tommy was a guy named George Martin, who produced all of the Beatles records. George Martin wow. was a major guy. And so I got to work with him for three days. But all in all, I worked with Pete Townsend every day, pretty much. He was with us for about two years. He was with us straight every day. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. Uh, you know, with... A lot of performers, you don't get a chance to, to, to rehearse yeah. with the original guy who wrote it a lot, you know? I think that's something that's very special, especially for... All right, if you're, if you're writing a show and you really want a certain actor to be a certain way and to, to represent you and your show right, you know, be able to have that personal time with them and really get them to understand right. who, what you're going for right. makes such a difference. So, yeah, I was, it was, uh, it's, I've had a... I've been honored and and uh, to be able to work with the, the the amazing legends that I've been able to to learn to learn from and to work with. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that that's just so cool. And Thank you've been you. in uh, you've been ironically two Broadway shows which have both been jukebox musicals, right? Yes. Yes. Um, now, if you had to choose, mm -hmm. which wh way which ones are both? I think it was only uh, one Jer really. Jer well, Jersey, Jersey Boys, Boys and the Who's Tommy. Tommy was a rock opera, so oh, yeah, really? it wasn't a jukebox musical. No, Tommy was a rock opera, and it was uh, it was originally recorded in 1971, I think it is, and then uh, or 68, and then they did the movie, and then it became this thing. But it was it was really. Uh, the music was already legendary as an opera before it it became a musical. So, um, mm -hmm. it actually was '69, wasn't it? So, um, but then, so that wasn't a, a jukebox musical. But Jersey Boys was, and it was the first and the only jukebox musical I ever did. <laughs> and you were a part of the original cast for that. That's right. Um, yes. Who did you play in it? I played um, well. I played in on Broadway. I created the role of Norm Waxman, and Norm Waxman is a loan shark who lends Tommy DeVito money to pay for the band's recordings and whatnot, uh, but he never pays me back. And then finally, I have to approach him and say, hey, you know, if you don't pay us back, there could be a problem. You yeah. Know? So, uh, but uh, I actually, before, that was for Broadway, but I, I created a role uh, of Gyp DiCarlo, who was um, the mob guy who actually protected Frankie. And I did that role in La Jolla, at the La Jolla Playhouse. But when we moved to New York, I took over the role of Norm Waxman. And um, because they wanted a real Italian to play the, the, uh, the, the gangster. So I, I and he, a terrific guy named Mark Latito played uh, Gyp DiCarlo in New York. And he was great, yeah. And not only were you in the original Broadway cast, but you were in the movie as well. Yes, that's right. Uh, did you play the same role in the I movie? I did, I did, yes, I did. Um, and that was a blast because it was uh, directed by Clint Eastwood. And um, and then the guy who played Gyp DiCarlo, the part that I created in La Jolla, was be in the movie was played by Christopher Walken. Uh, you know. <laughs> so it was, uh, that was a pretty cool thing. Um, and doing the movie was, was really like the bow around the gift of Jersey Boys for me. It was, it was a very nice thing to end on. And what was filming the movie like? Oh, wow. You? It was, it was easy because I already had my lines, oh, you know, I'd true. been able to rehearse for three years before we did it, but, <laughs> um, Broadway, you know, I, the world's best rehearsal. That's right, that's right. 
But I got, uh, you know, it's funny. I learned a lot. Uh, there's a difference between uh, theater acting and, and acting for film or tele television. It's a, that's a different uh, technique. Um, because, and it was funny. I, I'll tell you a story. I was working with Christopher Walken, and we were doing this big 10-minute scene. And every, between each take, he would go, him and I would go in this little room and wait for them to change lighting and get all the setup ready. So we're in there for like 10 minutes at a time, and every time he would go in, he would cross his legs and sit down and close his eyes. So I didn't want to, I was afraid to talk to him, you know? So I was like, the third day, I was like, Chris, why do you always close your eyes and, you know, when, in between takes, like when you have a 10 minute break? And his biggest advice was, he goes, well, you know, you're used to having, a, th a theater actor is used to having a proscenium that is 30, 40 feet wide. And in film and television, you only have this much. Yeah. Because your face is you're so close. So he said, the first thing to get tired on a long shoot are your eyes. So rest your eyes. Who knew? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. That, that's a really good technique. Yes. It saved me a lot, actually. And then, so from the rest of the time I was shooting, in between each time, there's, I would always go and copy them, and I would close my eyes, and just so that I was trying to... <laughs> But a lot of a lot of good uh, things came out of that movie. Um, I got a lot of good lessons from Clint Eastwood and from Christopher Walken in regards to acting on film. Mm -hmm. And compared to the original Broadway show, how different was the movie? Well, they tried. They tried to. You know, they kept the script predominantly the same. They didn't mm -hmm. change much. Um, and uh, you know, he really did try to honor the uh, the era. Of, of what what I was going as far as film wise to make it look and feel like you were in that era, um, you know a lot of the jokes didn't land because unfortunately that that's a timing thing, and that's an, an editing thing. No no disrespect to the editor, he's amazing. Joel was amazing, but uh, those jokes were set up a certain way live, so they might not have landed the same way on film. Yeah, but, you know it was, uh, but they were there, but they they might not have had the right you know, but um, you know. Yeah, because like, especially with theater, you have this immediate reaction yes. to what you're doing. You're able to play off the audience, and That's movie, right. you're just like, yep, boom. There's no there, audience. There's no audience, yeah. and like you make a joke, and there's just silence. Silence. Yep. <laughs> it's, That's yeah. right. Yeah, and you were you, you were in a bunch of TV shows and movies. Yes, I've done um, a bunch of TV shows. I believe you were in something called Chaplin, correct? Yeah, I was in the movie Chaplin. Yes, um, actually, I I played a guy. Uh, I worked with Richard Attenborough in that film and Robert Downey Jr. And um, and I remember Richard Attenborough asking me my last name. And I said, oh, it's Kerr. And he goes, well, then you're going to be Joseph Kerr, the Vitaphone fellow. And I'm like, okay, what's a Vitaphone? <laughs> and he said, a Vitaphone is what they used in to make to begin sound in movies. They used a Vitaphone recorder. And I thought, okay, so my scene that I had that they put in there for me, I played this guy named Joseph Kerr, who was a, a, a sound man, who meets with Chaplin, uh, and um, Chaplin then does a little ballet dance and says, tell me something, who's the most famous ballet dancer? And I, at the time, I say, um, Nijinsky. And he said, yes, well, if Nijinsky came out and said, hello, folksies, I'm Nijinsky, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that, it would, the magic would be gone. Mm -hmm. And he said, tell me I'm right. So he says, if the tramp can't talk, because if he talks, the magic will be gone. He was always in silent movies. So I said, okay, well, you're, 
you're right about that, but I'm in the word business, and when we hear stuff, it's, it, it makes more sense for an audience, but it was nice to meet you. Anyway, uh, they showed that scene when Robert was nominated for an Academy Award. Wow. They showed that scene, our scene on, on the Academy Awards. It was pretty cool. That's really cool. And what, what was it like for you just seeing you in that scene? It's such there? a weird thing. <clears throat> sort of it's, like, uh, yeah. whoa, like uh, what, what is that? It was the first time I really saw myself on a big screen. You know, it's like, I was, it was like my head was seven feet big, you know, it was huge. Yeah, it was, so, um, but it was such an honor to work with uh, Sir Richard Attenborough and of course Robert Downey Jr. and a lot of great actors in that movie. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was in that movie and wow. Marissa Tomei and um, really a lot of great actors. Yeah. Thank and, you. And also, you are a part of those great actors. Oh, thank you. Because you're, you're truly amazing and I admire you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank um, you. <laughs> and you were, I know you were recently in a TV show called Inventing Anna. Yes. Uh, I, yes. I remember first learning about that show because. Um, I was watching my parents watch this TV show, and I was very confused. I'm like, what are you watching? Why does that person have, like, a weird Russian-German but also That's English right. accent? That's right. And they're like, it's called Inventing Anna. Go. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, it's probably not appropriate for you. I have, an, like, I have an answer for you. You know why it was Russian and, and German? Because her accent was it was weird. But the reason why it was weird was because she was actually born in Russia, but she grew up in, in Germany, and then she moved to America, and she had a mixture of two accents. Oh, wow. So that was, that was what was weird about it. But it was a great, it was fun doing Inventing Anna. Uh, we shot it just before COVID hit, like three days before lockdown. Wow. And I thought, oh, you know, I, did, I went on set, and we did it in one day. And the, uh, Like the entire... My whole scene wow. was one day. Yeah, it was great. And... Um, it, it turned out to be kind of a funny moment. I didn't realize when I was shooting it that it was going to be a funnier moment than it was because it, it actually was a little bit... I mean, because it's pretty heavy. This, that, that, that show is a little... Uh, it's a little heavy about what she was doing, but uh, my particular scene, we had fun. So, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, I, great. Thank you. I still need to watch that show very badly. Okay. But I, I totally relate to what you're saying about shows when you're in the middle of them. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're filming, it seems like, oh, this is going to be, like, a really big moment. It's not going to be that comedic. Right. And then you watch it, and it's like, oh, wait, it was a funny scene. That's right, because the editing, the it's editing. all about the editing. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I, I recently did... Um, it well just came out an episode of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, fantastic! And it was really cool to be a part of it. But the, in like the actual scene, because it, it was shot in actual synagogue. Yeah. So I was like, all the way on the bima. Okay. I and the. I could barely hear what they were doing. Right. So I was sitting through the entire thing and watching it, going, "Is this supposed to be what? What is the the?" That I can't hear anything. Right. So when it actually came out, I'm like, wait, they were saying funny things down there. Right. <laughs> yes, but you couldn't hear a darn thing. You can't thing. hear them. Now, were they just telling you? Were you playing or anything? Uh, no, no, no. I was Akiva, the bar mitzvah boy. Akiva, the yes, yes, excellent, fantastic. Yes, it was so cool. And then that's awesome. Um, it, I just that show. Oh, it's a great is, show. It's such a good show. Isn't it wild though that when you you see what's different like in when you do a Broadway show or any 
show, period, the, theatrical show, you're on stage for those two hours, and you go, and you boom, 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 and it's done. Yep. And when you're filming something, um, it like takes five hours to, to set it up. You go on there, you shoot it for five minutes, and then you got another five-hour break, and then they go and do fix another thing, and then you got to come back. It takes forever just it for does. that one little bit, you know. Yeah. But uh, that's that's a that's the difference. It's like uh, it's the famous uh, saying of "hurry up and wait." Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's yep. pretty much what it is. Yep. And in addition to all of this, you're releasing a new album. I am. Yes. Called Beautiful Strange. Beautiful Strange. Yes. What was the process like for creating it? Oh wow. It started about six years ago, and I had, was writing with some friends of mine, and and I had been writing some some stuff. I, I constantly write, so um, but then when COVID hit, I had you know I knew I had a year of, you know what are we gonna do? Yeah. So I thought let me finish it, and so I did. I really finished. Uh, I, I I recorded about 17 songs. But only 11 are making it to the album. So, um, but uh, finally finished it. I shot a couple of videos. All that's going to come out. Uh, the, the album's going to come out in August of this year. Is it going to be on all major music platforms? Yes, sir. Woo, yes. I will make sure to listen to it as soon as it comes out. Please promote it. Everybody buy it. Yes. <laughs> and today, what would you like to sing and why? Okay. Oh, wow. What would I like, why would I like to sing and why? Well, first of all, I see that you have this fabulous, beautiful little guitar going I, on over here. Um, but like you, now, I'm. I, this is really cool, is that uh, you're young. You're 15? Yes. So you're 15, and you play more than one instrument, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so do I. And you know what's funny is when I was a kid, when I learned to play, uh, I played piano and guitar, I played drums and played bass. Because I thought, well, I never want to be out of work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That way I'll always have, if I can play those, that many instruments, and I hear that you play more than that. So I, I'm, 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 already, I'm already envious. But, um, you know, figure the more that you can play, the more, if you're a writer and you're composing something and you hear something, you're going to know how to play it. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's really good. That's really good. That's a, that's a good tool to have, you know? Yeah. Plus then we get to jam. So one of the reasons why I wanted to do this song uh, first is because it's near and dear to my heart, but um, also it's uh, represented on, we have a new album coming out for Rockers on Broadway. It's called Rockers on Broadway Live, Volume 1, and um, it just came out three weeks ago online. You can get it anywhere where you can buy music, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, everywhere. Please look for it. It's called Rockers on Broadway Live, Volume 1. And this song is on it. And it's also near and dear to my heart because it's from Jersey Boys. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, what a night. Late December back in 63. What a very special time for me. I remember what a night Oh, what a night You know I didn't even know her name But I was never gonna be the same What a lady, what a night Oh, I Got a funny feeling when she walked in the room 
and I As I recall, it ended much too soon Oh, what a night Hypnotizing, mesmerizing me She was everything I dreamed she'd be What a lady, what a night She walked in the room And I, as I recall It ended much too soon Everybody sing, here we go Oh, what a night Oh, what a night Oh, what a night Oh, what a night On today's episode, I'm so excited to bring back Broadway legend and multi-hyphenate Donnie Kerr and his producing partner and Broadway stage manager, Corey Gardner. Hey! So how are you both doing today? Excellent, Great. thank you. Thrilled to be here. Yes. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. So, Corey, you're a professional stage manager for Broadway and off-Broadway shows, right? I was. Um, when I first got out of college, that was my goal, dream in life, and I was lucky enough to, right out of the gate, get to stage manage on Broadway. Wow. Um, with F. Murray Abraham and Betty Buckley and Susan Egan and Chris Sieber, uh, Roger Bart, I mean, some of the best most amazing performers and I got to do it. And then I sort of vamped a little bit and found other things that I felt great and creative with. I was a talent manager, I've been a house manager, so I'm sort of a Jill of all trades, kind of. Jill and, of all trades. And Jill I have been, trades. everything I have done has been in and around um, New York theater community and nonprofits and Broadway, so it all, kind of flows together it really does um now what is your or what was your favorite part of stage managing oh i love rehearsal oh. um for me that that was the best thing i mean once you get into the run of a show it's sort of very much the same thing every day but in rehearsal it's very creative it's you know seeing what works what doesn't work and for me as a stage manager it was taking notes and making sure that uh, everybody was in the right place at the right time, and I tend to be a little bossy, so um, I I work, you know, it worked well for me. Mm -hmm. And what was it like to serve as a talent manager for whole arts management? Because I know you've worked as a manager for a variety of theatrical groups. Yep, so as a talent manager, one of the things and how I got there is that all of my friends are actors. Mm -hmm. um, over all the years that I've been in this community, all of my friends have been actors. So everybody's saying, hey, Corey, when are you going to be my manager? When are you going to be my manager? And finally, I was like, all right, let's see what we can do. And started a company with my friend Rich Martino. And Whole Artist Management just celebrated their 10th anniversary. Yay. And although I'm not there anymore, I'm super supportive of <coughs> what they do. And I loved really working with actors. I like picking pictures and trying to suss out what an actor's goals are and where they're going and you know how best to get them there wow 
That's really cool. <laughs> it was fun. And um, it must have been a really cool experience going from one side of theater, um, just trying to get people to where they need to be, do all of that, to also having to make sure that those actors are working. Yeah, uh, that, uh, yes, for sure. It, it was definitely a shift of of brain power and how do you focus um, on getting people a job and it, it you know that's constantly evolving and changing in the worlds of management and casting yeah. so um, you know there's a lot of work actors have to do a lot of work I I don't know if you hear this as a young person oh actors and musicians you have it easy oh. I think that is the most no irresponsible perspective because I don't know anybody who works harder. I know a lot of people who work in like high finance and guess what? They go to work at eight, they leave at four or five and that's it. They're done with their jobs. They don't live and breathe it. Whereas all of us, we literally live and breathe every minute of our days our art and our work and our craft Mm -hmm. and getting actors to find their path is something that was really fun to do. It's, it takes a real commitment to be an actor sure. or, a, it does. It does. or a performer. So yes. much work. Both of you are co-founders and you're the executive producer of The Path Fund and Rockers on Broadway, right? Correct. So what is The Path Fund? The Path Fund is a 501c3 nonprofit that is dedicated to supporting arts education and developing new works of music and theater. And throughout the last 15 years that Donnie and I have worked together, when a need has arisen, we have jumped to the cause, whether it be um, you know, supporting Black Lives Matter, or um, during the pandemic, we created, with the help of Michael Clarkson from from Broadway Makers Marketplace. Uh, We created the Community Relief Grant. And during that time, we supported over 135 artists with over $16,000 in grants that literally people needed food or medication. And there was no money, there was no jobs. Unlike a lot of places, our community really struggled the longest to come back. So we felt it was very important to do that. So. We took a little break from supporting arts education to be supporting artists mm-hmm. yeah. in general. And the PATH Fund stands for Performing Artists That Help, oh. which to me is really all what it's about. Yeah. It's about getting our community together and creating great work together to raise money for other people. Yep, yeah. that's right. We've all had hard times, yeah. and especially when COVID hit. We all kind of went, ooh, you know, here we are all struggling, trying to figure out what's going to happen. And uh, instead of then just putting on another show, which we really couldn't do, um, what was the best way to help people? And that was to help people get groceries, help people with their daily stuff that they needed to survive. You know, that was it. So, and that's the good thing about New York is New York really that's what i love about this city is that we all always come together and we help each other you know no matter how tough it is here sometimes you know we really there's there's a lot of good people here and uh, a lot of people come together for some reason it's i think it's just because we we live on top of each other that when when crisis happens we do come together like a community and um and especially in the broadway community so that's uh it's like a family that's right sure yeah 
<clears throat> and where can we support the Path Fund? Well, there are a lot of ways. On all social media, um, but it would be at Rockers on Broadway <gasps> oh. is where you will find us on social media. I so, believe our Twitter might be Path and Rockers. Oh. Um, what is Rockers on Broadway? So, so uh, all right. Donnie, you're all right, I'll go with that. All right. So 28 and a half years ago, um, I was doing the show Tommy on Broadway, and um, Pete Townsend, who was the author and wrote the music for the show, uh, wanted to give the Broadway cast at that time the understanding of his world, which was rock and roll. And so he asked me to put together uh, the band and then get the, the cast together to sing some rock songs. So we all decided that we would all sing Pete Townsend songs. So whether it be The Who or his solo stuff. So I got together and we did this thing, this little party thing that Pete had thrown for us. But what happened was is that uh, he got up on stage with us and played with us the whole time. So it was like, it was a whole different energy, different thing. And um, I, I, was, I felt so blessed by having that opportunity that I thought, well, I want other people to have this opportunity. Don't, don't you also feel so, like it changed everybody's performance from very Broadway to yeah. Oh, yeah. really feeling that energy the, of rock and roll? Yep, yep, different kind of energy, yes. It was like, that was the whole thing is with Tommy, which was really... A breakthrough show for uh, for young people to come see Broadway shows, because really from that before that it was only you know forty and up, yeah. but now kids are back in, and Tommy had something to do with that. It was like if if Tommy hadn't happened, I don't believe Rent would have had the same impact it did, yeah. uh, because Tommy kind of opened the door for that. But guess like who more were like rock musicals? Yeah, yes. but like think about who was in the original, who was in Tommy. The the cast was unbelievable or if you think about it now in the ensemble were mm, sherry renee scott alice ripley norm lewis christian hoff myself and um oh gosh uh, there was michael Cerverus. who was tommy who was tommy um it just there was all these major tony winners that were in this show before they won Tony's. Yeah. And a lot of them was their first Broadway show. So it really opened the door to um, to an understanding. And that, what I'm saying, getting back to your question, was uh, Pete, you know, said, let's play a show at a club, at a rock club. So we did it at the China Club. And this is in 1993. We did the first one, and every, it, 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 the place went nuts. And so uh, he... I said, I said, I want to do this again. He goes, well, if you do it again, make it a charity. Uh, do it a charitable event. Well, there was some money left over from the door. Let's yeah. be real. You had some mm -hmm. money left over. Well, what are you going to do with it? Let's give it to charity. Right. And Donnie did that for many, many, many years, um, mm -hmm. depending on what show he had been was doing at the time. That's right. Even if he was doing a tour, he would get his cast together mm -hmm. in a club and sing rock and roll music and raise money for charity. And... And then send the we money connected. to Broadway Cares. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then when we connected and Donnie said to me, I really want to grow the show. I, it was They were doing it at very small clubs. And I said, okay, what do we do? And we started working together. And then we went from being in a club that fit 200 people to being in a club that fit hey. 700 people. Wow. And we went from raising $2,000 a gig to I upped the ticket prices. I, you know, I came in with my producing head mm -hmm. and I said, let's really make this something. And now on average, we raise around $50,000 an event. 
So, and the m majority of that goes to our um, beneficiary partners. And mm. it's really pretty amazing. And, and we've been doing this together now 16 years. Almost 16 years, yeah. So and our beneficiary partners are our specific programs of arts education, like Broadway Bound Kids, the Felix Organization, uh, Broadway Dreams for a while there, and a, a bunch of organizations that really teach kids who are really good at what they do. Yep. You know, there's a lot of arts classes out there, but we really only donate to the ones that really make a difference. Actually, a lot of the kids that we've scholarshiped over the years are on Broadway now. Yep. So wow. it's we, uh, the, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been good. And you're releasing an album. We right? are. Yes, uh, Rockers on Broadway Live Volume One. Oh. It's it's everywhere any music is sold yep. now online. Yep. And on that record is, for instance, we have Paul Williams singing the Rainbow Connection, Mickey Dolan singing I'm a Believer. We've got. Uh, Alex Brightman and uh, Michael Server singing Under Pressure. Um, Emma Hunton is singing Dream Don't a Little give Dream. It away. Make uh, them get the record. Just yeah. buy the record. But, what I will, <laughs> get the record. but what, let me say something about the record yeah. is so in 2020, we did a virtual rockers. We didn't know what was going to happen with the world. So we did our best. We did a virtual rockers. We did raise like $25,000, which was terrific. Um, but it didn't, we didn't feel like doing that again in 2021. Yeah. I think people were pretty burnt out from the virtual shows. Yep. So as Donnie and I were going through what our plans for 2021 were, um, we started thinking, oh, we'll do a video thing or something. We started listening to archives that we have. And as we're listening to these archives, I called Donnie one night and I said, I think we have a record here. And he went, really? And next thing you know, here we are. We released our first record, and we have so much music, and we will continue to create music that we expect to at least do volumes two and probably three. But I will tell you a little secret, Josh. We haven't announced this yet. Um, we're coming back live this year. We are going to do a live Rockers on Broadway right. on October 3rd yes. at um, Le Poissant Rouge. And the theme this year is She Rocks. She Rocks. Yep. So right. we've got... Um, we're honoring all female... We're honoring female writers, singers, songwriters, and performers. Yep. So, uh, and I think we're going to have a predominantly all-girl band as well. So uh, we're just going to rock it out for the ladies this year. Yep. Yeah. That is so cool. Yes. I think the date is October 6th. October 3rd. Oh, there you I go. I already said it, but... <laughs> October 3rd. All right. So, um, yeah, buy your tickets now because it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell out. Tickets aren't yet available. So tick when tickets are available... We'll let you know. We will certainly let you all know. <laughs> but in the meantime, please follow us on all social media. You can reach us at thepathfund.org or rockersonbroadway.com. And I'll tell you a secret, those are the same website. <laughs> hey, they link to each other. Yes. See, they're like this. And you can learn all about that stuff. One other thing I'd like to mention about what we did during our pandemic break was, as, as Donnie told you in uh, a previous interview, he's been really working hard on this uh, new album that he's creating, a solo album. And a song came out of it that we decided to use for the Path Fund for a little fundraising. Um, it's called New York City Strong. It's an anthem, and it's purely Donnie's love of New York City and um, really his impression of how strong our city is, how important our essential workers are. 
and we decided to take it and run with it and did a little fundraiser and raised some money for um, World Central Kitchen and the mayor's um, a food bank through the mayor. I don't remember. I apologize. Um, but it was it was great. And, and also I think, through the Community Relief Fund, if I'm right. Yeah. Okay. And and I have to say, if you can get him to sing this song, you'll be really happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to sing the song? Let's rock. I'll do it. Let's, Let's do go. it. All right. <laughs> like the city I call home New York's the finest and bravest I've ever known We keep things smooth and steady But we are fast and ready when things get rough We're New York tough New York, New York City strong Every borough in NYC We're connected through liberty Yes, we're New York, New York City strong Fallen heroes are legends of our time First responders have put their lives on the line We stand as one together Through any kind of weather Winds may blow Onward we go Yes, we are New York New York City strong We are New York York City strong Although the world has changed forever We will prevail and grow together And the lights that shine on Broadway Will shine on Cause we are New York New York City strong We are New York New York City strong we're all in this together As one we make it better Winds may blow Onward we go We are New York New York City strong <laughs> Yeah, we are New York New York City strong Although the world has changed forever we will prevail and grow together And the lights that shine on Broadway Will shine on Cause we are New York New York City strong We are New York New York City strong yeah. We are New York New York City Thank you. <laughs> that was so much fun, Donnie. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, 
anyway, uh, you know what? It's, I'm so glad to be here. I think you're awesome. I love this show. Right Everybody back at you. Keep tuning into this guy. Yeah, yeah oh, man. Thank you. What have you been up to recently, aside recently. from being in all of your amazing Broadway shows? <laughs> um, well, I, right now I'm in a show. I've created a show called The Greatest Piano Men, uh, which you can see information at thegreatestpianomen.com. But uh, we started, we ran in Vegas for three months. We opened up for Donnie and Marie at the Flamingo Theater in Vegas. And um, we're currently touring. Uh, thank God we're coming back because, you know, we couldn't play live for two years. So, mm. um, and now we're, we're, we're on our way back in. But anyway, the show is, it's about the greatest piano men of, of all time, starting from Beethoven all the way to Billy Joel. So we do everybody from... Billy Joel, Elton John, Stevie Wonder, Little Richard, um, Ray Charles, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, and of course, the effervescent Liberace. <laughs> wow. I mean, do you know? Do you know who Liberace I was? I do. I do. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and this guy, I have David Mieko. He is just amazing. Anyway, we're touring now, and um, to a city near you. So, um, but uh, it's great. I play Billy Joel in the show. Um, can't tell now. I don't have my goatee on, but uh. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a it's a fun show. It's uh, from top to bottom. It's all hits. People stand on their feet and then have dancing in the aisles. It's a great show. It's a lot of fun. I will be making sure to come watch it as soon as possible. You must. You I, must. Will. I will. I will. Thank you all so, so much for coming here to watch us perform here at the Broadway Makers Marketplace. Thank you so much to the Broadway Makers Marketplace for allowing us to be here as well. Make sure to follow them on all major social media platforms at Broadway Makers Marketplace. If you want to listen to the rest of our episodes, you can stream them now on theearlynightshow.com. Please make sure to listen to Donnie's new album um, and the Rockers on Broadway album. I'm really excited for everything that you're doing. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you so much. A pleasure you. to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, too. Um, and thank you all so, so much for watching. Uh, you can follow me at Joshua Turchin on all social media platforms. And remember that you're loved, amazing, and valid. And I can't wait to see you all soon. Bye. Later. I have often dreamed of a far-off place where heroes welcome would be waiting for me where the crowds will cheer when they see my face and a voice keeps saying this is where I'm meant to be Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, 
and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.